Good morning and welcome to the Meg Ellison Show. So delighted that you're tuning in and equally delighted that it's Friday. TGIF, I know. I wish it were that way every day, but uh, we can always uh, we can always hope for the next Friday. But today, I'm I'm very happy to have in studio with me this morning, uh, candidate for Wausau Mayor, Doug Denny. First time we've met in person. I'm so excited and I know you're a current Wausau City Alder. Thank you for joining me this morning. Good morning, Megan. Yes, thank you for inviting me. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I've had a number of listeners call in and ask about, well, when's Doug Denny going to be on? When's Doug Denny going to be on? And and I know that you were, you've been busy campaigning and wanted to give you an opportunity, obviously, to get through this primary, which uh, we kind of, well, we expected that was going to happen. And, and here you are today. Uh, let's start, because I think there are a lot of people in the community that maybe are aware that you're a Wasa City Alder, but they're not as aware of uh, really who you are and your background and what inspired you or, you know, I guess provoked you to get involved in uh, local government and, uh, and, and even run for mayor. Sure. Well, we've raised three kids here, uh, Meg, you know, so we've been around a while. I haven't been in politics since 2000, uh, but I've been paying attention. So, you know, we, we, we moved here when I got out of the army, um, we, we lived up on the East Hill. All three of our kids graduated from Wausau East, and they're all out on their own now, off the payroll, and knock on wood. <laughs> uh, none of them are in jail. We have <laughs> two grandchildren that we were blessed with this last summer. And uh, so we've been, we've been around Wausau since 2000, paying attention. I grew up in Green Bay, so, you know, Wausau is very similar in my mind to what Green Bay was when I grew up as a kid, and uh, it, it's a great place to live. Yeah, it's a great city, and uh, there's so there are so many things that are unique to this area, specifically unique to Wausau, and um, you know I just think it's it's worth preserving, and uh, and I think obviously we want to encourage people to stay. You mentioned that your three kids are off your payroll. Are, are any of them still in the area? Yes, Meg. I've got two sons in the in the military, and and my daughter is still here in town with with her son and and her husband and i hope that uh and he's a lifelong wasa person so i hope they are here for quite some time and my grandkids have an opportunity to like to live here and want to stay here well and that's sort of inspiration in and of itself doug to want to be um to want to make this a great place so that your grandchildren future generations of dinnies can stay and live and and uh and thrive here in wasa so let's uh, you mentioned you were in the military. Talk, tell me a little bit about that. And uh, are, do you come from a military family? I would say we come from, uh, a, a, yes, a military family. My, my At one point in time, my, all of my three siblings and I were on active duty at wow. the same time. Uh, my, my wife I met in the military. She was also an Army uh, captain, company commander. Uh, my father-in-law, West Point graduate, class of 57. So we've got a long line uh, of military, and I'm kind of living my military career through my kids now. I have a son who was an Apache helicopter company commander down cool. at Fort Liberty, and my youngest son was a Naval Academy grad, and he's now at uh, Pensacola in flight school for the Navy. Oh, wow. I've been to Pensacola. Great place to visit, absolutely. Well, sometimes I think, oh, I say it's my maybe my someday adopted sister city because it's a beautiful community any t any place along the ocean is lovely well now that we're retired well 
for the time being, I retired a year and a half ago, and we've been taking advantage of where the boys have been. Uh, one's in North Carolina and the other in Pensacola. So when I get a chance to sneak down there for, for a few days or a week, uh, we're taking advantage of that. Well, that's ex- well, that's it's fun to get, well, just fun to kind of get away too, especially, I mean, we've had this unseasonably warm winter, so that's probably maybe giving you pause. Well, gosh, should I hang around here and see if it's warmer in Wisconsin than it is in Florida? I would imagine that probably is not the case. But so um, often when you, or at least when I talk with someone who has served our country in our military, they're humble and they don't talk a lot about themselves. They don't talk a lot about even their service to our country. I want to acknowledge, first of all, that you served our country in uh, the United States Army, and I'm grateful for that. Thank you for your service. Obviously, it's not something that's mandatory in this country, but for those that do, um, I mean, that, to me, sometimes I think, well, that in and of itself is enough public service, but you're willing to actually continue. I always say this is the the racket known as politics, but the good news about, and and I, I truly believe this about local government, is that it should really be met with a nonpartisan um, approach. And I, that strikes me as something that you are committed to as well. Is, and I, you know, I see it's nice to see you serving on the city council as perhaps someone who's keeping an eye on um, the fiscal matters of this city. But um, let's talk a little bit about, well, first of all, your experience on the city council and really what inspired or, as I said, provoked you to want to uh, run as the mayor of Wausau? Well, as I said earlier, I, I we raised kids here, so we paid attention. We were involved with, with sports, and, and you see what's going on. You talk to other parents. Uh, back when, if you recall, the Mike France debacle along the river, that piqued my interest, and I've been involved ever since. Uh, I got actively involved on the airport committee. Uh, so I've been, I've been paying attention. You know, there, some of those things are so obvious, it's amazing that when when you are sitting outside looking in it's 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 obvious but when you get inside i don't know if people's minds get clouded but the shiny objects tend to uh obscure things at times but yeah that that's when i got involved uh, the dysfunction up at city hall has been amazing um you know we have this thing called the 6 day rule and it's extremely rare that we get packets within 6 days of the council meeting. So okay. for example, uh, a major decision on extending the mall comes along. We don't have the pack until the night before. Uh, sometimes it's it's Friday at at 4:30 in the evening. Uh, so not only does it not give the council members an opportunity to plan, but the public doesn't have proper notice to be able to attend the meeting or get involved or understand what we're voting on. So it's very simple, but it's not being done. Oh, interesting. Okay, so whose whose decision is that that uh, that uh, this is being done the way that it is currently? Under whose leadership? <laughs> I guess. Well, I, uh, there there's there's where the mayor would come in, okay. and it's a uh, the council committees through committee action bring bring items forward to be on the agenda. Uh, but the agenda then is put together by staff, presented then and presided over by the mayor. So the mayor is responsible for 
the agenda and having it out there on time. So if, if for example, we only have 24-hour notice, uh, maybe what we do is, is put it on the next agenda item to get or the next meeting to give ourselves and the citizens a chance to prepare for that. So simple preparation uh, is, goes a long way to making better decisions. So sometimes for those of us on the outside looking in, we, um, well, we see a lot, or, or our perception is, is that the city government is dysfunctional. And, you know, I guess I, I would always say that in my experience in the private sector, you have to look, I mean, if, if a company is dysfunctional, you have to look to the top and you have to look at the type of leadership. And, and I, I would gather that, and, and I've been very critical of the current mayor, Mayor Rosenberg, about her policies and what she seems to believe is most important here in the city of Wausau as opposed to, well, as opposed to the fiscal issues that, in my opinion, um, are, are much more important and really uh, make or break whether or not this city is successful, uh, whether or not people are willing to stay and live here. Obviously, property taxes have a significant role in whether or not people can uh, afford to live in uh, the city. But then even just uh, the development here, the economic development seems to be there seems to be a lot of dysfunction that follows this mayor around. How would you, um, I guess, would you characterize it in that same way? And I, I guess I'd ask you to comment on that. Sure. At, you know, I, one could say we're, it seems like we're lurching from one crisis to the next. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, we need, we need to return to normalcy. My great-grandfather was, at, was on city council in Green Bay 100 years ago, and, wow. and, and the obituary shows that he was on the bridge committee, the streets committee, parks and rec. Those are, the, those are core functions of the city. That's what we do. And if we can return to a more nonpartisan city government, I think that's a better framework uh, to, to, to get those kind of things done. And uh, talking about the common sense fiscal policies, you know, our, our, our municipal debt has doubled in the past four years. And, you know, we're also feeling the pain of the water rates. Right. Well, and <clears throat> that project in and of itself seems to have gotten out of control. And I think, uh, at least in my opinion, uh, Mayor Katie has, uh, I guess, capitalized, perhaps is one way of putting it, um, as to... Uh, creating a hysteria around, uh, I, I guess, planting a question or a seed of doubt in the minds of residents that this that our our water, for some reason, isn't safe to drink. And and I guess I just, um, I'm more concerned, obviously, about whether or not even my husband and I can continue to afford to live in Wausau based on the the water rates and property tax rates and and really all of the the economic development that seems to not be go, it's not going anywhere and and I mean so where do we I mean how do you how do you tackle a problem like that if you were elected mayor well you know the the mayor's Chief role is chief executive officer. Uh, that means they have responsible for ability for everything that that happens. So when you reside and have that corner office up at City Hall, good things and bad things are going to happen on your watch. 
you don't get to pick and choose which ones are yours, which ones are the predecessors, which ones are somebody else's fault. You've got to take responsibility. And I would call, uh, I would say, let's prioritize and execute. We know what some of the problems are. Let's prioritize which ones we want to take on and execute. Uh, I've been involved on the private sector where you're sitting around a, a conference table. It, and this is this is this is a difference between city business and maybe uh, commercial business. But you you hear eighty percent of the solution, or you hear the information. Somebody makes a decision and says, "Let's go." Here at City Hall, we're we're tabling it. We're putting it on a a task force. We're sending it from one committee to the next committee. At some point, we need to prioritize and execute the mission. And the mission is core municipal services in the most effective and efficient manner. And I think water rates, I mean, we can talk a little bit about solutions there. Um, we don't, if we don't prioritize our, our concerns, like roads is another example, and I can give you a funny story on, on some of the feedback that I've got on on roads but we need to prioritize and execute well let's talk about that funny story as long as we're on that uh on that subject about roads and i would imagine you have a lot of interesting conversations that you have had during the course of campaigning Uh, i mean i presume you're i've actually seen you driving around town but um going door to door and talking to residents i mean what what are you hearing and i mean let's start with the the story uh, about roads, and then, you know, let's talk about what you're hearing from constituents. So this one involves a, a gentleman who, who gave me a call. He he owns a driving school, and he says, look, I'm, I'm driving every day. I'm sitting in the passenger seat teaching students how to drive, teaching students how to stay in their lane, look over the shoulder, signal, and I, then I now I have to teach them how to avoid potholes, and I can't be telling kids to swerve because... Uh, I, I've got to teach them to be safe, and they're just wrecking my equipment, wrecking oh. my cars. So here's a gentleman who, all day, every day, he's experiencing potholes and road uh, deterioration. So for him, from his perspective, sitting in that driver's seat, he sees potholes as our big issue, and he he sees it as getting worse, and I would have to agree with him. I mean, it's kind of... It almost seems like a metaphor. <laughs> potholes. I mean, there are a lot of potholes that are going on in city government, and I mean that's just sort of probably the tip of the iceberg. So, what what other, I guess, what other issues specifically have really, um, I guess, it, in, encouraged you, it provoked you to want to run for mayor? I mean, obviously, you've been sitting on city council and have observed the actions or perhaps inactions of our mayors sometimes and that's maybe what's inspired you to uh, to want to run and to believe that you would be a better representative of the uh, city of Wausau taxpayers well I've got s- several issues that that have sparked this you know we've got the escalating water and sewer rates which are fairly recent but the failed installed economic development projects that we've seen over the last a decade really uh, have not improved and you know mountains of municipal debt so if you've gotten your tax bills you'll see we do not ever hold taxes flat on the city and we typically raise them to the maximum amount allowed under the levy rules so on uh, failed economic 
development, for example, uh, we've had we've had we, one of the things that the mayor even says in a, a recent interview about what was surprised her was that the economic development process is very slow. They have uh, a lot of information to cover. It's a lot of legal intents. There's contracts. Uh, she wasn't prepared for that when she first got here. Well, I've, I've lived the life of project management. Uh, I was a sales executive. I've cut million-dollar deals, a lot of them, over the years. Uh, East Coast, West Coast, Canada. Uh, I'm familiar with negotiating with, with people looking to develop, looking to spend, looking to build, and I can get that done. So... I guess one thing that we talk a lot about and uh, uh, criticize about our current mayor uh, here on uh, WSAU is that our current mayor, it appears to us that she has political ambitions and that she's not behaving, and it's it's very clear she's not behaving in a nonpartisan manner. She had a fundraiser this past summer in which uh, the Democrat uh, very left uh, Governor Evers attended, and she's even indicated during the course of her tenure that, you know, at times um, she, uh, she, she, it was very obvious that she has, uh, that there is partisanship that surrounds her, and, and she, uh, I think there was one particular time when she, it, it was, it was very clear that what she was, uh, well, I mean, her, her intentions with regard to the Community for All resolution that came up in the on the county board, and then all of a sudden, um, she was acting unilaterally on the city council, or I mean, uh, as as a well, sitting before the city council, and and was making decisions that appeared to be um, unilateral as opposed to. Uh, seeking the input from the alders, uh, how would your leadership style differ? And and I mean, do you see this role as the mayor of a, a city this size as as truly being a nonpartisan role in this uh, in the city? Oh, absolutely. You know, I one I guess first and foremost, I have no political aspirations. This was not a bucket list item when I was a kid to be mayor of Wassa, <laughs> uh, but. Retiring a year and a half ago and, and, and having the time, I'm too young to just do nothing, I, I think I can help out here. Um, I heard that she's having a, the mayor is having a fundraiser in Madison in a couple of weeks with, with Governor Evers. I can tell you this, I do not need to go to Madison, and I will not go to Madison to get marching orders. Uh, I will not go to Washington to get marching orders. We have the ability here locally to do everything we need to do decide what we need to do here without going to those places for orders. I mean, for example, this, the CIP lead service line replacement. We have local contractors here. We have local engineers here. We don't need to go to Washington to have the White House hand us a contractor to do this job. And that's what happened. And that's part of the problem. We had this happen. It was hand-delivered. It was not vetted. And my instincts were correct on this company. Now, we ended up selecting them, but there were issues that came up that the council was not apprised of. Um, so we did ask some questions. We got we, we embarrassed a few people, uh, but that still went through, and I, I believe it was the wrong 
process to make that happen. Okay, so um, we're going to get into this, uh, the dark money that seems to surround even so-called nonpartisan elections. And it's it's rumored, evidently, that the Democrats or dark money groups uh, are, are going to be putting a couple hundred thousand dollars into this race to support Katie Rosenberg. And um, I mean, that's obviously concerning. I mean, we we look at what happened uh, in well, in a, a race, in, well, a statewide race in Wisconsin, and how the Democrat Party seems to solicit money from out of state often, and and it seems as if the out of state special interests that really aren't representative of our community are trying to make their way into our community through people like Katie Rosenberg. Are you committed to? Um, well, to, to not taking money from outside of uh, outside of the state to begin with, but especially these dark money groups, these special interest groups. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm not a politician, so this is not a this is not a game to me. I, I I'm here to become mayor. If you want to put a label on me, uh, you know, because I we I've got friends on both sides of of the political spectrum. Uh, I've. Oddly enough, I have uh, enemies from both sides of the spectrum. So I've ha- I've kind of lived this feel your uh, pain. being in between things, uh, parties, if you will. So I'm not a politician, and uh, I think I've raised right now probably what Bob Milkey raised, and so we're probably going to be a little bit ahead of that. But but it's coming from phone calls. It's coming from uh, I'm getting people just off the street, like I mentioned earlier. The, uh, calling me, asking me how they can help, how they can fund. Uh, so I'm getting a lot of grassroots uh, support. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're up against a news break. However, in the meantime, if you want to go out to Doug's website, it's dougforwasa.com. And as he just said, if there's a way in which you can help his campaign, whether it's door knocking on his behalf or making a donation to his campaign, obviously it's greatly appreciated. Again, dougforwasa.com. I'm going to take a break on the Meg Ellison Show. We'll return with my guest in studio, candidate for Wasa Mayor Doug Dinney, after this on WSAU. 